Ah, microphone check one two one two. We in the house that is next to you, my good friend. See, I come prepared in situations like this. I suppose so. In all situations. Three, two, one, action. guys again sorry for the half hour delay we are um here for two beers deep we are live and in living color people also my voice is kind of scratchy so apologies in advance it is are you feeling better yeah feeling a little better dope what's up kitty <laughs> felt right. dopey earlier damn you felt dopey felt dopey like a couple days ago when i had to like like addicted to drugs dopey yes addicted to drugs dopey is that is that codeine that's in nyquil by the way um i don't know what's in nyquil that's I feel, interesting. I feel like that has to be coding or something, but whatever. It probably is, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, what else would be in NyQuil? Mm. See, now I got you talking about it here on the live. That's yeah, it. I know. I like it. <sighs> Ugh. How you doing, man? Good. Good, buddy. Good. It's been a... Uh, Nate Henry, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, it's been a fun week in sports. Uh, obviously, guys, if you are unaware, we have been doing the Monday night audio recording. That is now up. Um, or actually, it will be up. I noticed that it didn't upload. It's still sitting on our Anchor drafts for some weird reason. God so, damn it. Anchor's not the dr- fault of Anchor. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was just but about I'm, to say. Oh, no, it is the fault of Anchor, but I'm not that mad. I was about this. to say, Anchor, drop the Anchor on this one. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Bada I'm not too, too worried about it. It is what it is, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Guys, if you have anything you want us to discuss today on the show, please mm-hmm. feel free to let us know. Anything you want us to go over, we obviously have something. Um, some stuff in our heads, we didn't do a production meeting again, uh, due to tardiness, but there are some things we'll touch upon. So if you have anything, please let me know. No biggie. We're open to any and all suggestions here on two beers deep. We're open to a lot. We're open to almost everything. Pretty much. Because why not? Exactly. So let's, uh, let's just get into it, Greg. Let's first talk about how you are as a man and a human. 
as a man and a human? <laughs> Ooh, uh, as a man, I could probably improve in a lot of different areas. Maybe. Just saying. Well, I know some areas that I'm pretty good at. Yeah. Hint, 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 nudge, nudge, wink, wink, you know, you know. But, um, I don't. Yeah. With my mom on the show, please describe and go into detail about your. I'm wink, not, wink, I'm not going in details about oh, okay. that. Okay, interesting. I'm not going in details about that. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> but no, uh, as a human being, I feel like I am in a good place right now. My head is clear. My heart is in a great place. And yeah, I feel good. How about you? Good for you. I'm, I'm all right. I have a, um, Kaylee just got back. For anyone that doesn't know, my girlfriend was in Hawaii for three months, so she is back now. Um, despite hours of cleaning, apparently she spent all day cleaning, which is a lie. Yeah. But that's what she said she did. So that's interesting enough. I told her actually to get on the camera with Greg at six when I knew I'd be a half hour late and she declined to do it. So I'm pretty upset about that. Nah. I, she, she was having a good time telling me about her Hawaiian experience though. So. That's all she wants to talk about. Yeah. What's up, Chuck? How's it going? Mm-hmm. Casey, nice to see you. Two things I've noticed since, uh, she's been back already. Number one, she wants to try to interject and you'll probably hear her throughout the yeah, podcast yeah, and two and two she already is lighting candles in the place and i'm pretty sure the further i lean back the more i can feel the heat on my back so yeah kona chuck you got it that is where she was at the other person yeah she's back mm-hmm. she's making a run-in can you go away now She's making a run-in on the podcast, man. Literally. it's She's been home for not even 24 hours. Man, three months. She has a lot that she's probably trying to get in on you. Last night, I told her, I said, hey, I haven't eaten since you left. Can you make some dinner? And she's like, yo, you look real famished. Wow. Girlfriend for sale. Did I she do just want... drop a fat joke on she you? She always does. She thinks it's funny when I get myself fat, which That's is That's horrible. Uh, guys, I do want to start the show off by saying um, a few things that are more on a serious note before we get into anything. I do want to say, uh, obviously everyone at thoughts on the bench, thoughts and prayers, reach out to the squirrel hood area, um, and the city of Pittsburgh as a whole. Obviously Greg is, um, yeah. from near that area. Greg knows people in that area. That is something that hit home. Um, we grew up in Kiski myself, obviously live in downtown now, but Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Um, we want to stand by everything and any support, anything. Uh, and if anybody has any ideas or anything, please let us know. We want to help out in any way possible. Greg, I don't know if you want to say a few words upon that before we get started. It was, it was a tough day. It was, yeah. um, that, yeah. that was two miles from my house. Yep. So it was not the best of days to wake up to and then be told to avoid Squirrel Hill because apparently a hate crime was going on. Um, Obviously, there's not really much that I can say that could potentially make things better. All that I can say is that we as Pittsburghers, this does not define us at all. We, We love the people that we are around and we are truly welcoming individuals and will not let some moron define who we are as people. Yeah, we won't. Absolutely, guys. And we don't, um, I don't know if you know anything really about me and Greg personally, we don't like to discuss uh, traditional politics with almost anyone. Um, Greg's reasons are his own. My reasons are that uh, rational discussion is out the window on both sides of the wagon. And I don't like to get into the standard Facebook, uh, I'll share a link and then you share a link and then I'll share a link. Um, We're all human beings. We all have our ins and outs and reasons for what we do. Um, There's a select few people that I will talk about that with and they know who they are Mm. um, to get rational discussions on both ends of the spectrum. But one thing we can all agree upon is that this is not... um, this is not something that human beings instinctly are capable of. This is something heinous. This is something uh, disturbing at its core. And um, I, we wanted to address that right out the bat because Pittsburgh is our home. Pittsburgh is our city. Um, we have lived here our whole lives. And yeah. it's uh, 
just one of those things where, you know, we are funny, we like to drink, we talk about sports, but when a real issue does occur, we do bring it up and talk about it on its surface. Right. Um, that leads me into, I do want to talk about, um, for many of you that don't know, I did pick up a second job at Scratch Food and Beverage in Troy Hill. Um, Don Mahaney, their owner, uh, a close friend of mine, asked me to reach out basically and say they are hosting a um, political on November 6th. Um, the rundown, no regular dinner service at Scratch Food Beverage and Kitchen. They're having a make a potluck um, style food for people to come and enjoy. People are welcome to bring food with them if they would like. The bar is open for business as usual, um, but we are doing this. You know, it's a paid day off for the staff. The staff that is there are volunteering, um, so all tips will be donated to the Tree of Life. Also, through Saturday, 100% of proceeds. Um, from the Lochtes. They have a, a, a traditional, um, I believe it's traditional Jewish. I could, yeah. it's a potato cake is yeah, my yeah. understanding. Yeah, yes. potato Lochtes. Yeah. Um, they're Lochtes and uh, that, that's traditional. 100% of the proceeds will go to the Tree of Life um, and that is being matched by the Pittsburgh Foundation. So yeah. guys, obviously, um, depending on the part of the political spectrum you sit, we're not getting into that discussion, but um, Don wanted me to let everyone know that basically they are hosting um, the potluck dinner on November 6th after you have voted, open to everyone. Op- you know, the bar is for traditional business, as well as through Saturday, the Lochte sales. 100% of the proceeds for the Lochtes will be going to Tree of Life. Um, obviously, I love to tell people to go up to Scratch Food and Beverage in Troy Hill, anyways, um, but it's just one of those things where you go up and, and their food is delicious as it is. So, order Lochtes, the proceeds go. Two Tree of Life. Also, we want to shout out um, any other organization in Pittsburgh we can think of. Obviously, 412 is doing a new shirt with the 412 mm-hmm. and the uh, the Star of David below it. Those proceeds go as well. Um, if you are looking to donate to anything, um, there's so many, so many good foundations in Pittsburgh that are helping out the Squirrel Hill area. Yep. Um, obviously, we want to keep in mind the family, the burials. We want to keep in mind the police officers, um, the first responders, the people that put their lives on the line to make sure we're safe. Um, that's just that's just one thing that it, we can do is just to address to the the 200 views we get. We really want to say, you yeah. know, to everybody out there, guys, it, Pittsburgh's stronger than this. Whatever it is, I don't really, I don't care. Um, nine times out of ten, the, the, anything about the situation aside from becoming stronger from it, learning about the families that were affected. Um, and helping the people that were affected at the same time. Yeah, that's the one great thing about the city that we live in is that no matter what, whenever time of crisis occurs, you will find numerous people and organizations that will rally to help those that are in need, and that's one of the great things that we love about the city, and that's one of the things that we love about living here. So prayers and thoughts to everyone, and then all we can say is just support any type of organization that's going to help these individuals moving forward. Yep. Um, so we'll get off that topic. There is, um, something again, a little more serious that isn't about this situation and and that kind of, okay, there we go. It's gotten a little bit better. Sorry. (laughs) I I was not texting. I was getting it up so I can read comments straight from the phone. So we don't have to stare at the screen during that. Obviously, (laughs) um, I take to heart what Greg says along with that. So let's break away from that for a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, tragic, we wanted to address it and touch on it. Um, thank you, mom. That is, uh, as, as general and, but as heartfelt as we could be about a topic that obviously is dividing a nation. So let's just, let's get into some sports here. Um, I, I want to start talking about, um, a baseball with you, Greg. And the okay. reason I want to start off with baseball is because baseball's over, you mm-hmm. know, Boston won the world series. There's just a couple questions I have going into next season. Did you see the power rankings came out? I did not. Okay. Who, who was the, who was the uh... number one was, uh, I believe number one was Houston. Okay. And apologies again, guys. We did not have a production meeting. I was late in to my own apartment. So we are going to see. Um, 
I, I was just asking, like, what was the um, the source? Was it like Sporting News, Bleacher Report, MLB.com, or something? I believe like it was MLB. Okay. But let me check real quick. No, it's okay. Take your time. Who, would, who do you think should be the top five, Greg, while I look this up? Uh, top five right now, I would have to say, well, first off, Boston has to be number one just because of the fact that not only are they the defending champions, I'm a big believer in always having the defending champion as number one going into the next season. Okay. But it's also because of the fact that they are keeping the majority of their team intact. There's very little that they need to add to it, so that right there makes them the favorites. I'll yeah. say number two is probably Houston. Number three is probably... Chris Holmes, how's it going? <laughs> I'd say number three is probably the Yankees. Okay. Uh, number four would be the Cubs. And number five, I would lean towards probably the Dodgers. What if I told you the Cubs were eighth? Really? Yeah. So let me get on the list real quick. Let's start. Um, let's start with the the highest number in here, which is the, obviously the lowest ranked team. Um, it is a, I believe it's twenty. Okay. So we're gonna just do top ten. Okay. So top ten teams right now on ESPN, the 2019 top ten teams for Major League Baseball going into next year are okay. number ten, St. Louis Cardinals. God, I hate the Cardinals. Do you, you know, hate the Cardinals? See, that's the other thing I wanted to discuss right now. As a Pittsburgh fan. The St. Louis Cardinals are everything that I want the Pirates to be, and that's it's what not makes the me. Brewers? No, no, and that's what makes me hate them. Because so huh. the thing about the Cardinals that annoys me like crazy, the way they run their organization is probably the most consistent and the best in all sports. They're not a team that normally goes for the big name players, but they're always a team that they drafted Pujols, right? They did. Sorry, okay, not to they cut you are, off. I just yeah. they are so good at drafting for the last twenty years. The worst record that they've had in the last twenty years during that time frame when the Pirates had that twenty year losing gap, the worst record they ever had was seventy nine eighty three. Wow. That's amazing. I'm almost more impressed that you remember that stat than the actual number itself. I'm it drives me insane. The Cardinals are literally the team that I despise, and it's also because I hate their fans. Ben Fury says Cardinals are my least favorite team. Agree with Greg. Um, despise their fans too. I don't. I don't like the Cubs. That's See, my. You know, it's not that I. I don't like the St. Louis fans and this and that. But what it comes down to, the Cardinals for me, I don't know. See, here's the thing about the Cubs, though, is that like I can about baseball either. Though, I so. can at least respect Cubs fans just for the fact that they waited so long for a championship that it's almost kind of like heartbreaking. Yeah. And at the same, and I and going yeah, but to always good. And, but going to Chicago though and seeing and first off I love Wrigley Field and then seeing the Cubs fans and meeting them and just kind of realizing how long it took them to eventually yeah. just celebrate. It was nice. I, I can appreciate that. Cardinals fans, I, I despise because they feel like they're God's gift to earth and stuff like that. So it just drives me nuts. Fair, fair, fair. All right. Um. So number nine, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. The interesting thing about the Rays is that they have a brand new – they kind of changed the game this year with how they did their pitching setup. So you know Sorry how – about that. I guess the broadcast was interrupted if anyone still hmm. – had that glitch. Sorry about that, guys. Go on, Greg. So basically, you know how the the rotation is kind of set up where you always have a starter, and then the idea is to get your starter to go five or six innings and then go to your bullpen? Yeah. So their logic is is interesting. They're essentially starting off games with a relief pitcher. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, to have them go through the first inning and then going into the next pitcher. So it's kind of like you're having a guy start off your game for five straight games. Tampa's doing Yeah, this. Tampa's doing this. 
It was one of the weirdest things that I think I've ever seen. But now a lot of people are talking about this might become the newest trend in baseball. Because then your starting pitcher can go out almost towards the end of the game. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting idea, and it might revolutionize the game. And Kevin Cash, who's the manager of the Rays, essentially got a contract extension and might win manager of the year because of this, yeah, too. Chuck says it, the opener. Is what they're calling it. Yeah. Having an opening opener instead of the starter pitcher. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. Chuck, that's weird, right, Chuck? And also shout out to the Tampa Bay Rays because they won ninety games this year and didn't make the playoffs. Whoa. Yeah. That's how tough that division was. What a bunch of bombs. All right, so we're just gonna go. <laughs> um Chicago Cubs are eight. Okay. Which I think is fair. Yeah. The rotation's um, still kinda this. So here it talks about how they have to make a decision on Addison Russell. Go on to that a little they bit. They do. Addison Russell is so I believe he's entering arbitration, which is a thing. But also, Addy has had some issues with the law over the last few years. He was the one that had that domestic uh, yeah. abuse situation, which obviously is a sensitive subject I'm not going to get into too much. I don't want to. But it's an interesting concept because it's not just you have to look at the personal side of it, but you also have to think about the money. They have a lot of guys that are going to be coming up for long-term extensions like Schwarber and Bryant and maybe Rizzo too, or even Baez. Yeah. So it's an interesting idea, and you could see Russell on the trade block this on the winter meetings coming up. Seven Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, unfortunately. They're just they're yep. keeping the majority of the team intact, so you got to put them ahead as the team in the Central. All right, so then we go up, and it is six Cleveland Indians. Oh, I forgot about the Indians. Dang it. Yeah, you didn't pick them, but you only named top five. So. Yeah, that's true. Indians. They were six on your list. Yeah, that is true. Indians are good, man. They're yeah. so good. I like they that. Have, uh, they got uh, Francisco Lindor. Lind- Lindor, yeah. Yeah, Francisco Lindor, man. He's a stud. Yeah, they got that guy. Uh, <laughs> number five, we have the Atlanta Braves. Their World Series odds are 12 to 1. Mm. See, I remember talking about this where a lot of people thought that the – I thought the Braves were a year early than a lot of people thought they did. They have a great – This year they were a year early? They were a year okay. early this year, gotcha. yeah. They have a great young lineup. The rotation's still kind of sketchy at best. Um, Mike Fultonwix was a guy who had a career bounce back year. Not a lot of people thought he was going to be as huh. good this year, so I could – they got a lot of really good arms in the minors, so I could see them making a run next year. But, I mean, it's interesting. It depends on how the Philly, what the Phillies yeah. do in the uh, free agency. Fair. Uh, number four, we have the Boston Red Sox. Yep, Red Sox defending champions. They still are keeping that team intact. They're retaining Sale and David Price, who are the studs. So, yeah. Three L.A. Dodgers. Yep. Uh, I'm interested to see what Kershaw and Machado do because Kershaw can opt out and Machado's a free agent. So, so do, you, do you know who two and one are right now based off the names that I haven't said yet? We'll be the Yankees and Astros. What order do you think they're in? Astros 1, Yankees 2. Good call. Hmm. That is why Greg is our stickball coordinator of things. What Stickball coordinator of things. What makes the Astros so good? Why are they good? So, like, I feel like they kind of came out of nowhere, right? When originally, like not last year, they obviously mm-hmm. were in the World Series and the year before that, I feel like they were pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, why? So, so for the longest time, the, the Astros just... The last time the Astros won the World Series before last year was 2005. They lost to the Jeff Whites. Bagwell? Bagwell, Lance Berkman, <laughs> Craig Biggio. I knew a thing. Yes, you did. So, for the longest time, they just never put any effort into their minor league system. And it started to show after a while because Berkman, Bagwell, Biggio, and all those guys were starting to age. So, essentially, Houston ended up becoming a doormat for a couple of years because they just didn't invest in anything. They were eventually sold to Jim Crane, who is the newest owner of the Astros, and Jeff Lonho, who came from the St. Louis Cardinals, um, development office decided to take over and basically revitalize that entire 
organization. They drafted extremely well. They drafted Jose Altuve. They drafted Carlos Correa. They drafted George Springer, um, and who are all studs in their own right. And are yeah, I like Altuve because he's short. Yeah, Altuve is one of the best hitters in baseball. That's all and I got, guys. Yeah, Alex Bregman, who's a stud out there. Oh, um, I know that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Uziel Guerrero, who is also very good. Uh, but they have just a loaded lineup, and then with that ridiculous farm system they had, they used it to their advantage and got guys who to take over in their rotation. They traded for Verlander. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Keuchel was a low buy guy who somehow turned around and won a Cy Young a couple years ago. So their their rotation's nasty. The bullpen is pretty strong, and the lineup is just going to be there for years to come. So, and they still have a really good farm system because Lundhal knows what he's doing. So the Astros are going to be contenders for years to come. I will say, guys, if you're seeing a blurred screen, I have to assume that's because Kaylee's watching Netflix in the bedroom. So we will have to eventually find out a way to use all the internet. That is why, I mean, on my phone, it looks blurred to all heck. Apologies on that. We will be distributing the standard video uh, recording, obviously, on YouTube as we do with the rest of the videos. Audio is still here. If you can still hear us, let me know in the chat. Trying my best. Keaton said Killer Bees. Killer Bees. Oh, um, Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley, and uh, Xander Bogarts for the Red Sox. Ah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Amazing. Two days already in, and Kaylee's already screwing stuff up. She already is. Yeah. Don, thank you for joining. I did, again, guys, just throwing it out there. Um, I did talk about this before, but since we have a different influx of people, I did want to bring up scr- Scratch Food and Beverage. We talked about this before on the show, obviously in the opening, but since Don is here, I want to say it again, just so everyone has familiarity. Uh, Potluck-style dinner for the elections, November uh, 6th, this Tuesday. As well as that, 100% of proceeds from the Lochtees at Scratch Food and Beverage up to Saturday are going to the Tree of Life Foundation and being matched by the Pittsburgh Foundation. Dawn, if there's anything else I am missing, um, please feel free to write it in the chat. Appreciate you, and thank you, brother, for tuning in. Um, all right, so we talked a little bit about baseball. Let me ask one more question about baseball. Who wins MVP next year? Uh, American League or NL? Both. Yeah, yeah, both. Both? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it, it, it seemed like, I think, I, I don't know. I still have this giant argument about the difference between the leagues. Uh, like I get we're getting back to the DH stuff well, again. Uh, right. Not even the DH stuff. It's just, okay, in the NFL you have, you know, the offensive and defensive player for each, but then there's an MVP. Okay. Why is that not the same in baseball? And don't, I know. The tradition it's stuff. It is, it's a tradition. But, like, okay, I get it if they were saying, here's the pitcher, here's the batter, here's the defenseman for yeah, AL and NL. But why is there not just saying MVP? Is it because of the DH position? I think it's because of that, but yeah. then it's also because. That's fair. But it's also because what's weird about baseball is that the MVP can be either a pitcher or a hitter, but there's not really a best hitter award for the year because the way that you determine the best hitter is the stats at the end of the year yeah again guys the video and sound are going to be shaky right now um there's a lot of devices being used in the apartment right now so uh bear with us obviously by next week we will try and figure this out Uh, again the audio for this is recorded during the show and released on itunes spotify uh, not soundcloud anymore excuse me anchor fm the video is released on our facebook page as well as our um youtube page you would so. think kaylee's watched enough of the office in her life but what else nope <laughs> um all right so let's break away from base or no sorry no i was just gonna say so the yes. thing about it is that for hitters obviously the way to determine who's the best hitter is based on your stats in there it's average it's rbis it's hits it's home runs it's all yeah. that mv cy young you determine it based on because there's so many different factors to determine who's the best pitcher you can say 
I mean, record, I've always been a big fan of. That's an overrated feature. I've thought strikeouts, innings pitched, uh, ERA, all that jazz. So there's just different factors that go into it. Bef- all right, let's try that. So sorry, apparently I will be cutting that out of the audio portion, obviously, Greg. But for everybody that was in with us, we are going to try that, see if that worked, and go from there. All right. We're at least good now. So... Uh, basically what we were trying to talk about is that the new announcement that was made was that the NHL and MGM started a partnership where MGM is now the official legal sports better of the NHL, which was bound to happen eventually. But the interesting thing was that an article was written on Sporting News, and I can't remember who it was. But the idea now is that because the NHL is now sharing player data with MGM to determine the legal bets, will this now eventually lead to the NHL having to announce injuries? Now, for years, the NHL has always kind of been one of those things where they won't go into detail about injuries because of the fact that in hockey, you can essentially target that injury and yeah. cause more bodily harm, which is it archaic. Yes, but in a game that you essentially sign guys to be enforcers or be guys to eventually target other people, it's it's unfortunately a way of the game. So my question is... Is this something that you think is going to happen? And if so, is it a bad thing for the NHL? I mean, I you think it has to happen. Not in a bad way, but in the way that it, it has to happen because um, the betting way that, you know, if you're going to accept betting in your sport, there's certain obligations that have to kind of come with it. Um, whether it's good for hockey or not, I think it's bad for hockey in a sense. Um, I think it's bad for targeting purposes. I think it's bad when um, – eh, what's up, Marty? I think it's bad for hockey to start announcing, uh, you know, oh, it's a left ankle injury or it's a it's a right hip injury. Because then, obviously, in a sport where you're welcomed and open to hit, mm-hmm. obviously, you're going to get targeted a little bit more. The reason I think it's good, aside from the betting, is just because um, the significance of it for fans, which is a little bit selfish. I think it's a little bit of a selfish, like, I want to know what's wrong with Sid. They keep saying lower body. He's not skating the same. Oh, my God, he has a broken hip. Obviously not that drastic, but a little bit of selfish. I don't think there's something in, and if anybody in here is a big hockey fan, uh, Marty, you know, anybody in there, please let us know because I don't see a reason that describing the actual injuries players are going to withstand is good for the sport of the NHL. I just see it as good and selfish for the betting purposes and the fans. No, and that makes sense because that's where most of the money lies in it, but... I feel like now we're kind of past, you know, the 70s style where, yes, we're targeting would become more of the constant thing. I just feel like now when you have guys, you know, like Tom Wilson who are going to take cheap shots no matter what, it's going to become a thing that will always continue. And I don't know if it's just and, – and I hate the whole – I know you hate the whole tradition thing, but, yeah, that's just something part of the sport that's just always going to be there, unfortunately. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, well, Vince is back. Vince, you can attest to this. Is uh, the injury bad or the injury report change where they have to tell the injury? Denny says, I agree, bad move for sure. Mm-hmm. I just think it's one of those things where it's not needed. There's no benefit to the actual sport aside from fans, and, and that is one of the things that obviously we are selfish about. Yeah. Um, so. Then again, then again, we as fans are selfish in general. So. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, there is absolutely no reason for anybody outside the organization to know what an injury specifically is, Marty says. Agreed. Uh, aside from betting and selfish fans, I don't see a legitimate reason that NHL franchises need to disclose injuries. Um, the only other thing, like, I mean, you talk about in the NFL, like injuries and things like that. I mean, if you have a guy miss a rep or something along those lines, he can be on the injury report. Like, right. it's definitely... 
Um, it's a media thing. It's a fan thing. It's a betting thing. It's 100% a betting thing. And it, it is. It's a betting thing in every sport. So it's not even like it affects the sport itself. Which is definitely the fear now in essentially legalizing sports gambling is that you're going to have so much more data and you're going to have so much more stuff that's going to determine you know, what goes into the actual amounts that are going to be bet on. Yeah, Vince says, outside of fans being selfish, there's no reason for us to know plain and simple. Absolutely. Um, there just isn't in any sport, really. I mean, if a guy's out, he's out. Why do we care? Because of fantasy, because of actual betting for our purposes. Yeah. Um, it comes down to the lines in Vegas. The lines in Vegas do more to sports than we could ever really imagine or appreciate. So, yeah. um, again, guys, if you transition over to this video, apologies, we were having some internet connections, so we swapped up the service. It seems to be working fine. Audio and video uh, will still be recorded together and sent out to the podcast as well as the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So let's go in a little bit to, uh, to NBA, Greg. Did you see Lance Stevenson's behind-the-back alley-oop terrible mistake? I did not, okay. actually. I heard about this, but I need to get your I, – I need to be told about this. Okay. As as a Lakers fan, this season is, <laughs> is literally like diving headfirst into a pool of water or cement, and you're like, could be water, but it also could be cement. Um, That's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't it, – it's, it's, we get into this argument all the time, and obviously I'm an avid on-the-court uh, LeBron James – uh, against her. Um, it's a good word. I against like her. Against her. I like that. The reason I wasn't so excited about him coming to LA is because every franchise he has really traditionally been a part of has been left in shambles when he leaves, and it's not due to his magnificent play. It's due to his creation of the teams as they are there. One of the names that LeBron James brought with him to the LA Lakers was Lance Stevenson, notable funny guy. Um, number one recruit coming out of high school. Thank you, Greg. Your breath smells great. Thank so you. So Lance Stevenson obviously can ball. The problem is... Lance Stevenson has spent his entire career making fun of, taunting, and trying to get into LeBron James' head. Mm-hmm. So, at a game uh, this past week. And also Lance, stole yeah. guaranteed money from the Charlotte Hornets, by the way, just saying. Well, yeah, eh. fair. I would, too, if I could. Eh. Um, so, he threw the ball up. He caught the ball, threw it up behind his back to an alley-oop to LeBron, and it soared that way instead of that way, and it was absolutely <laughs> embarrassing. Oh. And uh, it was just bad, man. Well, that's unfortunate. Just bad. Hmm. So just to talk about the NBA for a second, uh, I was watching some NBA countdown yesterday because Pacers and Knicks were on and also just kind of getting my feel back to kind of get an idea of what's going on in the league. To start off with this league, what has surprised you the most of this season? The fact the Bucs are 7-0. and Yeah. I, that's, I, yeah. I, even with uh, Giannis being injured for a game or two, yeah. That's the Bucs are one of those. So there's... um. I have a decent argument to be had about the end of the super team, how it's coming back to the I was drafted by this city, I play for this city mentality. It really starts for me with uh, Russell Westbrook not accepting the big money and leaving or whatever and not winning a championship, blah, blah, blah. Um, it then goes to Portland where Dame and McCollum are basically saying, uh, screw Aldridge, we're going to win here. Uh, it traditionally was built around a lot of Kawhi Leonard, but that obviously didn't work out. Nope. But Anthony Davis will probably end his career where he is. Um but I think that's also to do with the fact that now the CBA kind of incentivizes guys to stay with their Yeah, but is there really – so if you're Kevin Durant, there's no incentive to stay at OKC when you can guarantee a ring somewhere eh. else. Granted, I do want to bring up the Kevin Durant talk. We'll do that later. Um, but the reason I was bringing up all these talks about teams and whatnot is that um, – Milwaukee's one of those teams. They're not going to garnish a lot of free agents. Nobody's going to get out of bed one day and say, I cannot wait to uh, – to go to Milwaukee. I mean, I was in Milwaukee earlier this year. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, but not as a free agent when you could go to L.A., Miami, uh, all these amazing cities. Unless Just I like Chris beer. For Just saying. I love Chris Holmes. I love Chris 
<laughs> but anyway, so Milwaukee as a team is actually really good. Uh, Middleton's been playing well, and I think they're at a point where they're one of those solid teams that's always going to make the playoffs, and if Giannis can will them to victory, they have a nice run within them. A championship team, probably not, but a nice run nonetheless. Also, I think the East is just wide open now that you. it wouldn't be surprising if they make a run to the finals, essentially. It's just kind of now where I feel like it's a hodgepodge. I, I, I would say that the Celtics are probably the class of the East right now, but it's not, it wouldn't be surprising in the slightest if a team just kind of knocks them off in the second round. No, it's definitely getting a balance in the NBA. The, e, the West is obviously still uh, superior in my mind. It just comes down to the simple fact that the Rockets and Golden State and LeBron are all in the same conference, mm-hmm. so that's what it is for me there. Um, I do appreciate the simple fact that Milwaukee players tend to seem to like it there, and I think that they um, are going to work with Giannis, and I think Giannis is going to – I think Giannis ends his career there because he really wasn't a highly touted guy. He's not a guy that looks for money. He's, he flourished under his own, and uh, yeah. although Giannis is up there, um, I don't yeah. know. I think he stays there, and I think they have a good enough team in Milwaukee that I'm not too worried about it. Um, but I do okay. So you asked about most surprising things. Another thing I do want to uh, get to is really the fact that the Houston Rockets look like the LA Rams. I was hoping you'd get there. Basically, they want to trade four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler. Who knows if that'll actually happen or not? Ooh, um, ooh to that happening or ooh to? I would say ooh to that happening because I feel like with every passing day, the offer just gets less, less, and less. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That and also Houston has been so underwhelming this year to start and is it is it because of the fact that James Harden has been playing or is it just because of you know that early you know scuffle that happened kind of limited all their players to eventually get more playing time together yes yes to all of it all right I'll take it I mean <laughs> no, <sometimes. laughs> I mean it's 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 one of those things where I think Jimmy Butler was trying to light the fire okay if that makes sense I think he was just trying to get his team excited um and I think it worked I think the team looks pretty good obviously um you know, firing on all cylinders there, but I think that him going to Houston would be insane. I think it would too. I I would be intrigued if four first rounders is enough for Minnesota to accept the offer. I think it could be. I think it has to be. Yeah. Four first round picks. Yeah. Granted they're gonna be towards the end, but still four first round picks. Mm. We'll see what happens. So um Here's another question, because yeah. me and you are both really big on the whole draft and rookie situation. Who's been the rookie that's impressed you the most? Huh. <sighs> It's a loaded question. Um, hmm. Not loaded, no. Actually, <laughs> so I've watched a few games of Aiton's. I really like DeAndre Aiton. I think that he's actually coming out to be a positive center. If he can hit Embiid status, that would be his peak in my mind. What's really surprising is they're, ESPN's definitely kind of pushing him. Like They're showing yep. a lot of his games, which was kind of throwing me off. I didn't yep. think they would. but Well, it's also that that team has Devin Booker, who is yeah. uh, arguably one of the best up-and-coming scorers we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. 70 points, youngest. <laughs> but um, so uh, two other names I do want to talk about. Obviously, one, yes, Chuck, uh, that was the second one I was going to get to, but we'll just get to it now. Luka Doncic has looked the realest of deals. Yep. I think it's funny that despite Dirk and Pablo Gasol and Marc Gasol and all these actual good European players, we still have this kind of... Um, this idea that European ball just can't hang, European ball just can't mm-hmm. We obviously know we're missing a ton of picks. In oh, hindsight, God. 2020, I'm going to get a text. You left that guy and this guy. <laughs> Two beers deep. Uh, uh, Agent Mc- 